This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 5th of March. In your Squeeze today, more calls for an inquiry into historical sexual assault claims in Canberra. A letter from scientists in support of Kathleen Folbig's release. The struggle for democracy in Myanmar and Hong Kong. And one eye on sport. This is your Squeeze Today. Parents of the woman now deceased at the heart of historical sexual assault allegations against Attorney General Christian Porter Clare have called for an inquiry into her death. As we spoke about yesterday, Christian Porter addressed the allegations and adamantly denied the claims. The Prime Minister Clare has already ruled out an inquiry, saying there's not some other process, that's the quote, outside the legal system that can take it forward. That's right. What Scott Morrison says is that the only judgment he could form about an accusation of sexual assault against one of his cabinet ministers would be based on the report of the police. The list of those in favour of an inquiry, though, is mounting. As you say, the woman's parents yesterday said that they would continue to experience considerable grief arising from the loss of their daughter and that they're supportive of any inquiry that would potentially shed light on the circumstances surrounding her death. Uh, In the last week, we've had Malcolm Turnbull, the former Prime Minister, support an inquiry, also friends of the woman, uh, also Labor, independent MPs and the Greens. You mentioned the police. The big question, of course, is where to from here? As it stands, New South Wales police have said the woman herself, before her death, did not want to proceed with a sexual assault claim because of medical and personal reasons. Yeah, she emailed them just before her death to say that that was something that she didn't want to pursue. And that's the rub when it comes to what Scott Morrison says he can do. If there's no police investigation and report, then he says that there's no way to hold an inquiry. But those in support of it say that the issue is police are hamstrung by the circumstances of that woman's death and therefore if the public deserves to know what happened with Christian Porter and that woman, it has to be investigated somehow and inquiry seems to be the only way. Still lots of back and forth on this. Not a lot of clarity on what will happen next, but it's one of those watch this space ones. And if you need help, a link is in your episode notes. Reports this morning that 250,000 doses of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine that had Australia's name on them have been blocked by Italian officials. It's the first time it's happened and it's all got to do, Claire, with the EU ensuring they have enough vaccines to go round before they start sending them offshore. Yeah, this is making international headlines this morning. It's all over the websites of the international media. The European Union now for about four weeks have said that they will keep a vaccine that is made in Europe in Europe to fulfil supply contracts there. Companies like AstraZeneca and Pfizer have been falling behind in supplying those contracts. So there was a cloud even back then about whether those vaccine doses would make it to Australia. Since then, we've seen shipments of the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca vaccine here, but now it's been held up. Life will be easier when we have our own homegrown supply. They're brewing at a plant in Victoria as we speak and should be available in a few weeks' time. 
Kathleen Folbig from the New South Wales Hunter Valley Clare was convicted in 2003 of over a 10-year period between February 1989 to March 1999 smothering her four children. She's always maintained her innocence and her conviction has been the subject of much conjecture. Now a petition calling for her release has been signed by 90 of the world's top doctors and scientists. They say that at least two of the children who died carry a mutant gene that means that there's a strong possibility that they died from natural causes and given that, Folbig should be given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, there's some real heavy hitters of the science world on that list. Academy of Science President John Shine, Nobel laureates Professor Peter Doherty and Professor Elizabeth Blackburn and also former Australian of the Year and epidemiologist Professor Fiona Stanley to name just a few of those 90 on the list. This is a matter now for New South Wales Attorney-General Mark Speakman, who yesterday said the petition would be given appropriate consideration. News out of Myanmar, Claire, keeps getting worse with reports at least 38 pro-democracy protesters, including several children, were killed by military forces yesterday. It is the country's bloodiest day in the last month's military coup. Uh, it's also seen the international community condemn that violent crackdown on those protesters. There's real concern about where this is going to go. Protesters don't seem to be backing down, but the deaths keep mounting up uh, as the weeks go by. Demonstrators have regularly taken to the streets of cities across the country since the military seized power in early February and ousted the elected government leader, Aung San. From one fight for democracy to another, Claire, and China's annual National People's Congress is being held in Beijing today, and it looks likely that one outcome of that will be tighter rules on who can run for office in Hong Kong. It's another move from China to continue its control over Hong Kong. Yeah, it was last year's National People's Congress in Beijing that saw the adoption of the controversial national security law that essentially ended Hong Kong's uh, freedoms in terms of protesters being able to push back on China and uh, really protect what they had in terms of democracy there. This year, it's expected that the People's Congress will look at laws that will restrict who can run for office in Hong Kong. It seems that the Hong Kong we knew really is going, if not gone already. Hong Kong is one of the first ever squiz shortcuts we did, Claire. The history there with China is still obviously very relevant today. Worth a listen to get acquainted with that. It's been a while since we've talked about bricks and mortar retail returning a profit, Claire. Maya has managed it with a little help. Quite a bit of help from the Morrison government. They got $67 million in JobKeeper payments. Also quite a big slab of rent waivers from landlords across the country where their stores are based. Their profit increased 8.4%. They actually were in the black uh, for the half to the extent of $42.9 million. My boss, John King, defended the company's reliance on that government support. He said that they would have found other ways to cut costs if that government support hadn't been forthcoming. Uh, Probably a tick in the box, though, for them is that they had really strong online sales uptick. People got online and bought from them. It's been a wild ride for Maya. Their major shareholder, Solomon Liu, has continually put pressure on the company over its poor performance. He's also been calling for CEO John King and the board to go. King yesterday said he has no intention of resigning. Before we get to Squiz today, Claire, it looks like Prince Philip is going to be A-OK. The 99-year-old has been in hospital with an infection for over two weeks. 
He had surgery yesterday uh, for a pre-existing heart condition that explains his move in hospitals to uh, a hospital that's renowned for its heart surgery. Uh, what they say from Buckingham Palace is thumbs up, all looking good. Camilla, uh, his daughter-in-law, was really emotional. She said they keep their fingers crossed. So not so emotional, really, just a bit, bit of the stiff upper lip. Well, that's the that's the royal way. Squeeze the day, Claire, and we've got a bit of sport to keep an eye on over the weekend. The fourth T20 match over the ditch this afternoon at 5pm, Australia versus New Zealand. And then tomorrow, the two nations take to the court in the netball. That's at 2.15, all in Sydney time. Both series are still up for the taking by either country, so could be exciting ones to tune into. And a good chance to mention our sports podcast, Sport Today. Brand new, it's out at 4pm each weekday, and will just mean that those who listen will be across the day's sports news. Plus, Greg and Gemma on a Friday will give you a heads up on what's happening this weekend, which is always pretty helpful. It is the event I'm looking out for, Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras, a very different one this year, COVID affected. It's going to be at the SCG, just going round in circles, and it'll be broadcast on SBS. Crowds, though. They're hoping for big crowds there. Yeah, starting to get back to normal a little bit. And that concludes another week of the Squeeze Today podcast. Enjoy your weekend. It's a long one for those in Victoria, the ACT, Tassie and South Australia. How good for everyone listening from those places. Not New South Wales. No, not us Queensland. We'll be back at it, though, on Monday. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.